<laughs> Good morning, everybody. Oh, my goodness. You know what? We were laughing about that. That was the first year of that sitcom when it was out. And you notice they didn't say Professor and here on. They didn't say that. They were just like, eh, and the rest. You ever feel like an and the rest? All the time, all the time. So, well, good morning. This is our third week in our Get Your Ship Together series. If you could look to your neighbor and say, Get Your Ship Together. Don't mess up. You know what? I was in a service this week. Oh, somebody messed up. No, I was in a service this week. And um, this guy was from Sweden, and he was preaching, and he was talking about that big sheet that Peter saw that came down out of heaven and with all the different animals. And, and he was saying when he first started preaching 20 years ago, his language was really bad. He couldn't speak English really well. And he kept saying this big sheet coming out of heaven. And everybody was laughing, as you could probably imagine what he was saying. And, and, and the Lord had taught him to speak, speak right. And so... Um, Aren't you glad God can use us even in our, our mess? Yeah, he uses us in our stuff. Man, I want you to open your Bibles, if you will, to Luke this morning. Luke, we're going to get right into this. Open to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. In the last few weeks, we have looked at getting our spiritual ship together. Last week, we looked at just the relational idea that if you're going to have healthy relationships, you've got to be careful when it comes to comparison, because if you start comparing, you'll never walk in satisfaction in any relationship, Right? And this week, we're going to be looking at friendship. Say, friendship. And so let's stand to our feet. We're going to get right to the word today. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to go down to verse 6. It says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out from them and were washing their nets. Getting to one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down, and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night, and we've took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking." Let's pray. Jesus, right now, I just ask that as we go into this morning's time, that you would just teach us from your word, that you would stir us in our hearts, and that you would just take care of us in such a way that we would be um, significant in relationships, and that relationships, different people that we allow in our lives, God, would have a significant impact upon us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As you're standing, hold on one for a second. I want you to stay standing for a second. I just want to take one moment to honor our fallen vets. Some people think Memorial Day is just about all those who have served. It's for those who had fallen in combat. And so I want to just take a moment to honor those who have fallen in combat. We're talking about friendship today. And in John chapter, I believe it's 15, 13, it says that there is no greater love hath a man than to lay his life down for a friend. And I know many of those men laid their lives down for us and for our freedom. But when you're in the thick of it, you're fighting for your buddies to the left and to the right of you. And so some of you maybe were in military. Maybe some of your buddies didn't come home. Um, for some of you, maybe you had a family member that didn't come home. If you have someone in your life that died on the field of battle, could you hold up your hand? Or a friend that died on the field of battle. Yeah, let's just, God, today we thank you for the freedom. Men, Lord, and women who lay their lives down. So that as you spoke through my wife, God, we could have freedom to worship. We could have freedom to declare who you are. 
And Father God, like no other country in the world, God, and we thank you for that. We're worried about our country, Jesus. But we thank you for the sacrifice of these men and women. And we believe, God, that you're honoring their sacrifice and that we will be the land of the home, the land of the free, the land of the brave. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. 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 Have your seat, if you will. And so looking here at the idea of friendship, this sermon today, there's four points in it, and we're going to get right to them quick. It's both descriptive and prescriptive, these points are. And so when I say they're descriptive, these are the kind of qualities that we're going to look at that I would like to have in my friendships. I want friends like this, okay? So it's descriptive. It describes the kinds of friends I want in my life. How many want some friends in your life? And then there's antisocial people going, no, I'm fine. I'm good. Good. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine. We got it all worked out. You know, no, I get that. I understand. But, but many of us, we do benefit from those relationships and friendships we have. So these points are descriptive of the kind of guys. I'll say guys because most of my friends are guys, right? Married men. That's probably a good idea. Come on, somebody. Okay, Amy's like, hallelujah. No, but when it comes down to it, it's descriptive of the kind of guys I want in my life. Second, it's prescriptive, and it's the kind of guy I want to be in other people's lives. Does that make sense? So it's descriptive and prescriptive. It it prescribes something for me to live up to. I want to be like this in my life. And so the first thing we're going to look at in Luke chapter 5, verse 5, the first thing is I want some guys in my boat that will stay with me through the night. Amen? And I'm looking, I'm going to get choked up. I'm looking at people in this church that you were guys in my boat that have stayed with me through the night. And there's some other men and women in this church that you know your story. And you're looking at some other folks in the church and they stayed with you through the night. Come on, amen? That's the kind of friend I want. I want those kinds that stay with me through the night. In Luke chapter 5, verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and we've took Nothing. We haven't caught anything. Us guys on this boat, my crew, we have toiled all night and it looks like it's been fruitless. We haven't seen any success. We haven't received anything that we desired, but man, they're still in the boat with me. They're right there with me. They haven't left my side. I haven't left their side. We have, we, everybody say we, have toiled all through the night and we've caught nothing. Say nothing. Now, that word nothing there, when you think about it, that may mean not a whole lot to you if it's just fishing, you know? But listen, these weren't four guys with beer and bait on a bank somewhere, spin casting for brim, right? That's not what they, these were guys that their livelihood was around the idea of what they were catching. These are guys that had they not caught too many days in a row, they're not going to eat, you know? Had they not caught, they're not going to have the commerce they need to buy, pay their rent or to take care of things. These are guys that are in it to win it together. It's not just a hobby, although it's fun to be on a bank somewhere spin casting with your buddies. Amen? Yes, it is. And where we find these guys, Jesus comes along, and where he finds them, it says that they are out there with their nets. And it says, when they had done this, they enclosed... I'm sorry. Hey, hey. Are you hearing that, or is that just in my head? Is that just... It's just this thing? No. Oh, okay. Okay, good. I was teaching church planners a few weeks ago when the phone started ringing. And I'm like... Well, somebody answer your phone, you know? I, I, it, was, it was in my head. <laughs> my phone is hooked up to the box, and it was, yeah, it was, it was funny. <laughs> so, all right. 
So in verse 5, they've caught nothing, right? That's where we're at. And so it says, um, I just lost a spot. They were there. They were mending their nets. They were working on their nets. They're, they're cleaning up their nets. And, 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 and you need guys in your life that when you're going through some stuff, they're there to help mend. They're there to help clean. They're there to help take care of you. I, it's all the ultimate. Ready for this? Ready? Networking. <laughs> that's pretty good. That, that, that's good. Hush. I worked hard on that one. Networking, you know, that idea of a network is a group or a system of interconnected people or things, you know. Well, these guys were interconnected. Their lives were interconnected. Nothing like a crew like that that works together day and day night, day in and day out for these guys all through the night. And they had caught nothing. And they're just, they're working together, getting everything ready to, to pack up for the day, you know. But all through the night, those guys stuck with them. All I'm saying is I want some guys that will network with me. I want some guys that will to get in there, no matter how dirty it is, how messy it is, they're willing to hang in through the night. Say, hang in through the night. And man, I have guys like that, you know? You know, and when I think about that, these guys, they weren't a gang of thieves. It wasn't like they were complaining because you know what? Nobody came along on the road to Jericho tonight that we couldn't jump. You know, we couldn't get our money that way. No, no, these guys were doing good things. They were fishermen. That, that's a very noble career at the time. These guys were noble people with noble efforts, and they got nothing for their efforts that night, you know? They could be discouraged. Those guys on the boat could say, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm done. If you can't, Peter, get us in a better spot to fish, I'm out, you know? But no, 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 those guys were with them all night, and they're cleaning the nets. They're mending the nets. They're, they're anticipating their next time out, their next victory, and it may not come soon. I don't know. I don't know the story completely. We don't know all that's going on. But when I think about my own life, I had some guys in my boat that when it got really, really dark, they were right there with me. And years ago, you've heard our story of dumpster diving. So much fun. I'm serious. So much fun. Saw a documentary on people that would go to Aldi's and Kroger's and, and, and Trader Joe's, and they would find food there right on the top of the dumpster, you know? And, um, and when we went through a really bad spell, I went and I did that, you know? And after doing it alone a few times, I thought, you know what? I got to share in this experience. <laughs> so I called Brantley up. Because Brantley does anything I say. <laughs> true, true story. This Friday night, it's Mac's birthday's this week. He turns five. And I'm taking Mac hiking and camping and, and hammock camping, you know. And, um, and we've invited Gabriel and Pastor Brantley to go with us. I mean, we've told Brantley that he's coming with us. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. This morning there was a spider downstairs, a spider, and he runs all the way upstairs and grabs the spray that we have, the, the real commercial spray, pump bottle, and he's and I walk out in the hall and he's like die die, and he's he's spraying it and the spider's just walking around and I walk over and I'm like it's dead. All right. <laughs> he's like what are you doing? And then I tell him about the rattlesnake we saw the last time Grant and I were out hammock camp. And he's, are you kidding me? You know, all I'm saying is pray for Brantley Friday and Saturday. <laughs> but Brantley's the first one I call, you know, and, um, and he goes with me. I'm like, dude, you can't say nothing to nobody, you know, and we go and it's like, oh my gosh. Oh, there's so much provision, you know? And then a few weeks later, we're getting Brian involved and, and Pastor Corey involved and Tom and, and all, all my guys, you know? 
And, and yeah, those were lean days. And there was times where I'm like, I'm not like on the road to Jericho mugging anybody here, God. We're all this crew. We're trying to do good by you. Why? In the world. But those nights together when we toiled in a sense that didn't catch nothing, or those years together when the church was growing slow, it was good for us. We got each other's back. We were there in support of each other. And then when it got at its darkest, we were elbow to elbow, side by side, you know? The guys tell the story of me reaching in. There was a cantaloupe, beautiful cantaloupe. And I grab it. And I'm like, guys, a cantaloupe. Oh, gosh. The backside of the cantaloupe was rotten. I didn't know. It looked so perfect. Like Christians in the church. No, it looked... It looked but the whole underside was rotten to the... Core, it was, it was all, you know. Oh, if you're not hot or cold, if you're lukewarm, you'll get. I'm sorry, no. So, but it was, it was, it was a dark night. That's all I'm saying. And my boys were there with me. So you guys know who you are. I love you. Thank you for standing in there and um and hanging in there and um and being one that just you during those dark moments they didn't subtract. They didn't take away from me. They didn't divide. They didn't go, you know what? Something must be wrong here. We're going to take off and go join our wagon someplace else because something must be. They, no, no, they didn't divide. They didn't subtract. Have you ever noticed that when you go through the dark nights, there's people in your life that will divide and subtract in your life. They take things away or they try to separate you. That's, don't be a divider. Don't separate people from God's best. Don't do that in people's lives, you know, and then don't let people do that in your lives. That's not going through the dark night together. When people start trying to separate you from God's best, those gentlemen in my life, they believed that God had his hand on this place. Amen? And they hung in there even in those darkest nights, and I appreciate them for that. That was my crew hanging in there. And they didn't have to believe in what I was doing, but they, they hung in there because they believed it for themselves, you know? And it's just a powerful, powerful thing, you know? And so dividers and subtractors, we've got to guard our hearts from that. The second thing... The second thing I want in my life is I want some guys in my boat that are willing to respond to the voice of the Lord. Some guys in my boat that are willing to respond to the voice of the Lord. In Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 6, it says, or let's go to verse 5. And Simon answered, Master, we told all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. I love that. These are guys that were willing to respond. They could have been like, you know what, man? We have worked all night long. We're worn out. It's your boat anyhow. We're out of here. If you want to follow what this guy says, if you want to listen to his voice, fine, but we're out of here. And they could have subtracted themselves from the situation. They could have pulled away. We've worked all night. We've mended the nets. We're, everything's cleaned up now, Jesus. I, we don't want to go back. out. We're professionals at this. We know what we're doing. We don't want to go back out there. But in the moment, the word is spoken, and it says, whatever you tell us to do, we'll do that. I love that. At your word, I will let down the nets. And, and, and it wasn't just him, because it says, and when they had done this, they enclosed it wasn't just, he's saying, at, so he's hearing that word from God, and he's got people going, yeah, I believe that word on your life. Yeah, I believe what God is telling you. I believe what God's doing in your life. And they're jumping on board for themselves to respond to the voice of the Lord. In other words, they're an adder, you know? They're adding their affirmation to the voice of the Lord. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what God has going on in your life. We're with you on this. They're, they're adding to that. 
Let me say it this way. Don't listen to every voice around you. If that voice isn't lining up to the word and the will of God, don't listen to every voice around you. Years ago, my pastor, he was going through a dark season in his heart and in his life. And with it, you know, Pastor Corey, that was his dad, or it's still his dad, that's the way that works. <laughs> pastor Corey will remember this, but he was going through a, a bit of a dark season for a couple years, you know, just 20, probably close to 25 years of ministry at the time. Some of the things we were believing for as a church just didn't fall through, just didn't happen. Some of the, the key leadership that we had had some moral failure. Just, it just was a dark season in my pastor's heart. And so with that, you could see he was kind of disengaged. You know, with that, you could see he had lost some of that intensity. With that, you could see all that. And, and, and at one point, all right, in the midst of this, a voice came to me. And the voice came to me. It wasn't the voice of the Lord. It was the voice of a board member. And the board member said, Ross, you know, if you went across town and started a church, half these people would go with you. That's what he says. It's not the voice of the Lord. Amen? It's not the voice of God. That's a subtractor. That's a divider. That's somebody that's taking away. And this is my pastor, who's like a spiritual father to me. And now this man is standing. And if we weren't in his own living room, I probably got more aggressive with him, okay? But we were in his house, so I try to respect that, obviously. But in that moment, he says that, and I'm like, what, what did you say? And he says it again. I'm like, let me pull out my phone. And, <sighs> one of the old, old phones. And let me pull out my phone. And I pulled out my phone. I said, how about we call a pastor right now? And we find out what he thinks, that one of his board members would be saying this behind his back. And here's what the man says to me. He says, Ross, you think that man walks on water? And I said, you know what, man? I've never seen him try. Ross, that man, he puts his pants on just like you, one leg at a time. And I'm like, I don't ever, I told him, like, I don't ever see my pastor put his pants on. I don't know how he puts, I, it was just one of those things to where this guy, he was a subtractor, he was a divider, and he was trying to be a voice to get in the head of a young preacher, okay, and get that pride worked up. You know, if you just went across town, you could start a church and half these people would go with you. It's the word of the devil, amen? It's not the voice of the Lord. My pastor came through that, amen? Yeah, he did. And he's there even to this day. You know, same church, 25 years plus, you know? Praise the Lord, you know? And so with that, all I'm saying, in those dark nights when nothing was being received, pastors needed the voice of the Lord. He needed people around him speaking. And one of his closest people is coming around behind him speaking something completely opposite to the voice of the Lord. And one of his key staff could have eaten that up and ran with that and broke the church, you know, hurt the body, hurt the name of Jesus. But no way. I'd put him in his place, you know. Amen? Amen. And I want to speak to that just in the sense of personally, that was my pastor, okay? And, um, and I want to thank Pastor Corey, because that's my pastor's son, and he works for us, you know. And um, I just want to say, listen, during the lean times, they had subtracted so much from me already, I felt, that I had stopped being who I always had been. And I had stopped having the confidence that I always had. And I had stopped believing for God to do big things. And to be quite honest, I had started to become extremely petty and extremely negative, just being honest. And for years, Pastor Corey had said, I want to come and work for us. I want to come work for you. Of course he did. <laughs> for years. And when finally we had the opportunity to bring Pastor Corey to us, and he started working, we were already in the dark, dark moments of the night in this ministry. And it got worse. 
And I just want to say with that, you know, life was taking from me in a sense, but listen, Corey refused to take from me. He added, be an adder, amen? Not a subtractor, not a divider. He was an adder. He added to me honor. He added faith in me. And I will be honest, we had honest conversations. And I remember one time Pastor Corey telling me, he said, Ross, you aren't the Ross I've always known. And he said, it breaks my heart. It wasn't, you're not the Ross I've always known. Something's wrong with you. I'm out of here. It was, you're not the Ross I've always known. It's breaking my heart because all this stuff has done this and you've allowed this to happen to you. But he never divided. He never subtracted. He only added honor. He only added, it's just, man, I'm so glad I was good by your dad. I'm telling you, because <laughs> that was seed sown. And then God allowed his son to reap, sow seed into my life years later, a harvest in my life. And then one day, a couple years back, it was so neat. Corey says this one day, he says to me, he goes, Ross, I've got my pastor back. Man, and I can remember that season when I felt like me again, you know, positive and hopeful and confident and Excited about what God's going to do next and hearing the voice of the Lord like with a prophetic edge and different situations and environments just felt like me again. But dude, there was a couple years where I didn't feel like me. I didn't act like me. I, I was toiling through the night. But I'm saying I had some guys in my boat, amen, that were the voice of the Lord to me. They were responding. They were hearing the voice of the Lord. And they were speaking the voice of the Lord. They weren't subtracting and they weren't dividing, but they were adding to my life. And so I'm thankful that I had some guys in my boat that stayed with me in the lean times until we could join together when it was time to receive. Amen? The last two years, we've had so much fun in times of receiving. Give you an example, just something real practical. Soundboard went out a few weeks ago. I mean, it smoked, you know? Jonah tried to fix it. God bless you, you know? Try to fix it. It's just, it's, it's not good. And so with that, we've rented a soundboard the last few weeks so that we could look and find another board that we could purchase and get a good price and make a good decision. And oh my word, we found an incredible soundboard for a couple thousand dollars, which is ridiculous. I mean, the same board by the same company a few years ago would have been five, six grand. It's just the way things have turned in that industry. But even two grand, there was a time when they're, we'd be having acapella service, right, Jeff? Everybody gather around real close in a circle because we don't have no sound today, <laughs> you know, and maybe not for a few more months, okay? And it was just such an awesome thing. I'm not saying we're rolling in it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but it was just such an awesome thing to be able to say, hey, let's go ahead and get the board, you know? Hallelujah! <laughs> That's awesome. Next week, I'm going to announce to you a surprise. We have a surprise when it comes to staffing next week, and so don't miss next Sunday. I'll announce to you, but the opportunity for another full-time staff member to be able to come on board. Isn't that cool? <laughs> well, we'll tell you about it next week. But there was a time where that wasn't happening. Your staff was diving, <laughs> you know, enjoying it immensely, like treasure hunting every time out, minus the cantaloupe experience. But other than that, it was awesome. But basically... Number three, not only do I want people to respond to the voice of the Lord with me, I want some guys in my boat that will receive with me when it's time to receive. In Luke chapter 5, it says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so that they began to sink. That's awesome. I want some people in my life that are ready to receive with me when it's time to receive with me. Don't you want some people in your life to receive with you? 
And, and, and you may go, Ross, I don't even know what that looks like. What, what do you mean to receive with me? Uh, some people that, that this multiplied, this miracle starts multiplying. And together they're receiving. And it's so much that's bringing the boats down. I think sometimes in a church service, this happens, okay? In a church service, we are around people and we receive together. And you might wonder, Marvin's right there. You might wonder, last week, oh my word, you lit me up in praise, Marvin. You did. And and that may sound like, well, you guys are just playing off each other. No, no. Can I explain it? Because Marvin's a guy that was receiving with me. I want some guys on my boat that will receive with me, okay? And in and, and, and Hebrew, one of the words for, for praise or thanksgiving is taudah. It's, 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 it, it, literally, it's a thanksgiving that is, when you look at the word, it's like a choir of thanksgiving. It's very liturgical in nature, where I'll enter into the gates with thanksgiving. It's this idea of a worshiping group of people declaring together the confession of their faith. Yada comes out of that word, okay? And yada means confession, or it means actually to cast a stone. It means to throw up your hands, you know? And so you wonder why we, th- we raise our hands. It's an expression of our confession that God is everything. I heard it said this way. You know, some people, when you're in school and you know the right answer, what do you do? Come on, you raise your hand, right? So it's a confession. I got the answer. It's Jesus, you know? And so what I'm getting at with this idea of Thanksgiving, this idea of some guys in my boat that will, when, when it's time to receive, will receive with me. Man, Marvin calls me on the phone about his job, you know, and what was going on with his job. And he starts shouting about his promotion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And it got on me. And I had a hallelujah, praise the Lord with him. And we had a good few minute hallelujah, praise the Lord session right on the telephone, you know? Because that's ta-da, that, that's, that's thanksgiving. It's, it's not private, it's not individual. It's that when I'm in a church service and this person is getting blessed by God and they come into the house of God going, man, if it wasn't for the Lord this week, I would have failed miserably. If it wasn't for the Lord this week, I wouldn't have got my head out of the bed. And God got them through and they're in the worship service and all of a sudden they realize God got me through and there's just a sense of praise God, I got through. And they start to sing with vigor and vim, you know, and and they're excited about Jesus, man, you look over and you're like, good night. I'm going to praise with him. I'm going to join my, do you know that's what praise is? Pray, worship is worth-ship. It's the value of God. We're showing the value of God. Praise also, very similar, praise is the appraisal of God. It's the expression of what God is valued in my life. And so what's neat about Todah is the idea that when you start to express the value of God, I got to join that in choir, in concert. I need, I, I can't, I ain't going to let you worship by yourself. You know, God's done something good in you. This week he may not have done anything in my life. But you know what? I'm going to worship with you. And I'm telling you right now, I feel like a spirit of Todah has been upon this house the last few weeks. We're getting it. We're understanding that it's all about him and joining our praise of him and the appraisal of him. And that's, I want some guys on my boat that want to receive together. They're ready to receive together, you know? Come on, let's worship him. Come on, let's praise him, you know? Come on, let's declare who he is in our lives because he's filling the boat to overflowing. He's filling the boat and making it sink. God is a multiplier and he's doing this and he deserves praise, amen? 
And so that's that third thing I want. Is I want some guys in my boat that will receive when it's time to receive. And they're happy. Maybe you're receiving and I'm not. But they're happy that you're walking in that blessing. They're, they're, they're happy that you're seeing the fruit. You know, there were guys in my life that were doing it right in their ministries. And they were doing it right. And they were seeing success. And I didn't feel like I was. And I distanced myself from them in fellowship. Because it hurt too much to be with them in fellowship. Does that make sense? It hurt too much. There's marital relationships that you see and you wish yours was like that marriage, you know? Like we talked about comparison last week. And so you'll distance yours. No, no, no. Be ready to receive because they're receiving. Be excited about what God, and you might just get called over your boat. And next thing you know, the fish might just start getting dumped, the blessings of God into your boat to the point where it's sinking. Because that's what happened here. They'd worked all through the dark, all through the night, caught nothing. They responded to the voice of the Lord. And upon responding to the voice of the Lord, they were ready to receive. And as they started to receive, it got to be too much for their boat. It ended up spreading out to another boat and about sunk them both. I want the blessings of God to about sink this house. Come on. Amen. Amen. I do. There may be some dark nights before that happens. But if you got the right friends in your life, they're with you through the dark nights. There may be some dark nights, but if you got some good friends in your life, they're speaking as the voice of the Lord into your life. I had a counseling session with a woman this week who was going through a sickness. And it was so sad because she said one of her closest friends has just so pulled away from her. I mean, the woman's going through chemotherapy, y'all. And the friend's like wondering, why can't you take me to the bus stop? Really? You know? And it was a voice of negativity and it's hurting her. And I was like, man, you got to get around some people that are speaking life to you, not death, you know? And then the final, the final one here. Because part of the receiving is, is, is the blessings of God, but part of what God's doing in our lives is a spiritual call upon us. And what it goes on, it says this, I want some friends in my life who will follow Jesus in some God adventures. Number four, I want some guys in my boat that will serve when it's time to serve. Let's go on to the last passage. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. He's speaking it to Simon. But he had some friends going, ooh, God's calling us to a bigger adventure. God's calling us to the next thing. God's calling us to serve. Yeah, we're with you, Simon. Let's do it. Come on, let's go. Let's go, sir. Let's go become fishers of men. One of my dearest friends in Ohio, as our church grew larger in Ohio, our relationship became strained. And this is a man that I, I love dearly. We would hunt together, fish together. Man, we just had an incredible time together, you know, for years. And, uh, but he would never serve in the church, you know, never serve in the church. And it wasn't that I was trying to hold that against him, but he would never serve. He would never, he just never had a heart for the things of God. No matter how much I would speak, I mean, he's my best buddy. And no matter how much I would speak into his life to try to draw him to the things of God, to try to make him, if you will, a fisherman of men, or, or one that at least responds to the voice of the Lord and begins to serve, it just wasn't in his heart. And as our church grew larger and larger, he felt, began to feel more distanced and distanced from me, you know? And it wasn't that I was try, not trying to be with him. It's like, dude, you don't work in my church. I ain't going to hang out with you. Okay, I do do that. No, I don't. I don't. 
it's a time thing though, you know? I, I, there's things I've gotta put my heart, my focus, my attention. I need friends in my life that are saying, let's link arms and go do something for Jesus, right? And so with my buddy, man, even to this day, that relationship became strained, you know? And we fell out of relationship, you know? Obviously, we'll do the birthday thing and this and that and happy birthday, you know, that kind of stuff. But we just lost that closeness. A lot of it was just his heart didn't want to take in step with the things of the master. It doesn't mean that we're not friends, but that's, it's hard to be in my boat. It's hard to, to go where God's calling us to go. When, when you're a believer, this, now it's, not, it's different when it's the unchurched. We're going to talk about that in a couple weeks, okay? It's a different relationship. But when you're a believer, you go to church every Sunday, but you have no passion for the things of God, man, I, I just have a hard time. That's not my crew. Does that make sense? And I just want to challenge you. Don't be like that. It's prescriptive. Be a guy, be a lady who's like, man, God, what are you calling us to? What would you have me to do? What team? And this isn't just a ploy to get more workers in the church. I'm just saying in general, what, what, what do you want me to link my arms to that allows people to come to the things of Christ, you know? And then for, for you, if that's something that you struggle with, you know, join in on that. If it's you that you don't struggle with, look for people to join fellowship with you that you can make a difference for Jesus. Does that make sense? So that's the four things that I want when it comes to being in the boat. And this week, I had the biggest, neatest expression of this in my life. About a year and a half ago, I met a guy by the name of Brian Bolt. And Brian Bolt, he was a thug. He, he was, a, he was a, a, a banger, you know, a gangbanger. I mean, sold drugs and got in a drug deal gone bad, got shot in the face. And in the back of an ambulance, he gave his life to Jesus, you know, Ends up going to get cleaned up at a Teen Challenge kind of a place, you know. After he gets cleaned up, he goes out to Pittsburgh area to a, um, a, a Bible-type school, you know. And while he's out there, he meets a pastor named Jeff Leakes. And Jeff Leakes pastors a great work of churches up there in the Pittsburgh area. And here's this thug, you know, that is coming to work with him. And um, I'll just be honest, Brian's kind of a chubby white dude, you know, and we used to wear a big dookie chain on his neck, you know. And, um, and he would carry a stick, and, and God did a work in his life, and he started going in the hood and ministering. And he'd carry this big old, like, stick wherever he went, like a bat almost, you know? And, and um, just because, I mean, that's just how he was used to rolling, you know? And so he just brought that kind of swagger into the things of God. And next thing you know, God starts using him. And as a young man, you know, just about 10 years ago, started a church in Pittsburgh. And then that church started another church. And then that church started another church. And there were all these young guys coming out of jail, all these young guys. But here's what it was. They were guys that went through the dark night. They were guys that responded to the voice of the Lord. They were guys who were ready to receive when it was time to receive. And they were guys who would follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And all that Jeff and Brian had to do was say, come on, we believe you, let's go. And next thing you know, there was another church planted, another church planted. And they had a goal to plant 50 churches in 10 years. And on Wednesday night, they flew us in to celebrate with them because six of those churches we've partnered with to launch in September in the Atlanta area. But long story short, we celebrated the birth of 100 churches on Wednesday night. Amen? And it didn't take five years or 10 years to do 50. It took five years to do 100. Isn't that amazing? Man, this place was just on fire, lit up with what God's doing all around the country through, through these gentlemen. You know, that young guy that was just a bit of a thug, 50 of those churches have come out of his 
group, you know? He's the, the ministry son, if you will, of Jeff, but Jeff and them have planted a bunch, and then he's planted. But, but just remarkable, and I could just hear this story play down it, because these guys, the camaraderie that they have, they're guys that have been through it, but they listen to God's voice. They're guys that were, when the time was time to receive, they started receiving. Millions of dollars of people have flooded into their organization to plant churches. It's ridiculous what God has done. And they're going into the inner city, the rough parts of the city where nobody wants to go, you know, and they're planting these great churches. And so we were able to be a part of that, you know, in some ways. And, um, but I'm just saying in such a way that these were guys that, that realized the power of being in the same boat together and listening to the voice of Jesus when he says, okay, now let's go serve. Let's go do. Leave everything behind, your interest, your desires, and let's follow what Jesus has for us. And so that's what we want in our lives. I believe if we do that, it'll help us get our ship together in our relationships. Amen? What I want you to do is pull this card out. We gave you this on the way in. All right? In Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says this, and let us consider Consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting meeting together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near or the end time coming. We need each other. And so what we want to do today is give you an opportunity because we believe everyone needs mo friends. Right? You got two today, okay? That second one was free. First one you need to... First one you need to tithe. No, I'm kidding. But every, everyone, needs, everyone needs Mo friends. And so what we want you to do today, um, this thing, when we dismiss, we want you to just walk around, okay? I'm being honest. This is, a, this is our altar call today, all right? We want you to take some time, walk around, and get the names of two. If you're single, get, get two other singles, you know? Um, However you want to do it, it doesn't matter. But basically, if Mary, get two other couples. But basically, groups of three, okay? All right? So it's three couples, three singles, or married couple and a couple singles, however you guys want to do it. But basically, on here, get their name, the number, the other two people, and you give them yours, okay? And between now and next Sunday night, so you can do this next Sunday afternoon. That could be when you guys have dinner together or lunch together, okay? Sunday dinner. Um, that's what I call it. Okay. So... When you guys do this, what we want you to do is we want you to take some pictures and the most creative photo, we're going to give 30, 30, and 30, okay, to you guys, $90 to either go party again, you know, or you could be like, I didn't like them a bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking my $30 gift certificate. I'm going by myself. So. And so... What you'll do with that picture, you'll hashtag that picture um, on Instagram to gotmofriends and hashtag IamMomentum, and it'll show up in our little feed, and then we're going to vote on who is the winner, and then we'll announce the winner. So you have from today, you can go out this afternoon if you want, and you have all the way up until um, next Sunday afternoon. So next, by next Sunday night, it's over, and on Monday, we're going to vote, and then we'll get the word out on who wins. Is that, that cool? We, we, we are about the size of the church when I was in Ohio when you just started feeling a little too big, you know, about 400 people, you know, and we want you to connect and get to know each other. That's, that's the power. That's mo friends, mo friends, mo friends. That's powerful, you know, and so that's, that's our altar call. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.